All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Points in 13 of 14. What's everyone so mad about? Ah, let's get into it with the lead. Uh, Yeah, the Oilers blow another multi-goal lead. They drop another game in extra time. This team just can't find a big goal when they need it. In overtime, they can't get a big stop when they need it. In regulation time, their losing streak is now at four. Granted, they have three points in that span, so it's kind of like a win and a half. If you want to be an optimist, I suppose, welcome into Oilers Nation every day here on the Nation Network at YouTube. The comment section is buzzing. You are all very fired up. JT had the first comment that I feel like 29 and 97 lose purposely to give pressure to Holland for a big trade. I would say it's the opposite. If you went and started winning a ton of hockey games right now, Ken Holland might sit there and go, Woo, I got a Stanley Cup contender on my hand. I got to load up. I think no matter what Ken Holland has to load up, we'll chat about that a little bit later on in the show. As always, we are coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio and sportscloset.ca. Retro track jacket, reverse retro, nice cool sweater as well. You can get it all by hitting up Sports Closet either online or at one of their three stores as well. Twisted is in the chat, says this team is beyond frustrating sometimes. The sad part is I said the Oilers will find a way to squander this lead when they went up 3 nothing, and God, I was right, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you you just can't do stuff like that. And if every once in a while you're going to blow a lead, I think that's fine. That happens. Comebacks, it's a tight league. 
again, if this was their first one of the month, I wouldn't be sitting here going hard after the Oilers saying it's embarrassing. But let's take a look. The Montreal game, they were just flat out terrible. Against Detroit, they needed a comeback to do it. But to blow back-to-back games, I get it, against cup contenders, that's fine. But to blow back-to-back games where you had a three-goal lead in each of them and to not even get the job done in overtime or the shootout in either one, it's just flat-out unacceptable. Every team in front of you is winning. Seattle's winning. Vegas is winning. LA's won four in a row. Calgary's got at least five wins in their last 10. They've picked up points in seven of their last 10. They're five points behind you with a game in hand. You are not clear and away from the Calgary Flames by any stretch of the imagination. And gone are the days where we can sit there and say, oh, all these teams are just hanging around in the playoff race because they're racking up loser points. We're now the losers who are benefiting from the loser points. That's not good. That's not where the Oilers should be right now. Three games in a row. They should have gotten two points in every single one of them. We should be sitting here talking about a team that's tied with LA for second in the Pacific Division. And the Oilers just loaded up a gun and shot themselves in the foot. Three straight hockey games they've done it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We're going to get into our three big things from last game in just a second here. But first, I'll bring in my good pal, Liam Horobin, who's got the Dustin Penner jersey hung up on the wall. Wearing the neon Leon sweater, you can get yours at nationgear.ca. Liam, your thoughts on the Oilers blowing another lead? Uh, I like what you just said then. When it, if this was the first one in like a while, it's kind of like, okay, like whatever. You're playing Colorado in Colorado. It's a tough game. And still, it is a tough game. But like three in a row now, three or four in a row of just poor performances. And it's like, okay, like you're supposed to be on this big run at the moment where You've gained all this momentum. The things are going right. Your goaltending is good. The penalty killers got better and the depth scoring. And then all of a sudden, all of it kind of just disappears. Granted, the depth scoring kind of showed up yesterday. But if you score five goals in a hockey game, you should be able to win that hockey game. No, like it's quite alarming the stuff that's occurring at the moment with this lineup. So, yeah, I don't know. Uncle Ken's going to have to get something done here. I'm not exactly sure what it is with the amount of players that we've spoke about on this show now not on the market because they've been traded so something's gonna have to something's gonna have to budge here pretty quick i think and i mean you the the extra frustrating part about this hockey game is one you scored five goals against the colorado avalanche come on and Mm. also you got depth goals fogel scores twice barry scores a goal that's assisted by devin shore and yes a matthias yanmark finds the back of the net i know that was a mcdavid assist Still, you got a lot of offense from pieces you usually aren't getting offense from. You need to win those hockey games. You get a look at the first goal of the game from Warren Fogle, who took a couple penalties, and I was sitting there going, ooh, Warren Fogle might not play a lot in this hockey game. Turns it around, pops home the first two goals of the game. Ends up having a pretty solid night with three shots on net as well. Played just north of 1335 on the game as a whole. Warren Fogle had a good hockey game. I think some of the Oilers' big guns really can't sit there and say they had good hockey games, and that's unfortunate. They could have used a big moment in OT. Didn't come. Uh, Let's get into our three big things from that hockey game. Brought to you by our friends at Montana's, and we have a big gift card to give away. We gave away a $100 GC on our social media last week. You were all entering the draw. The winner from Instagram is Nick Yao Young. 
Nick, Y-A-U-Y-E-U-N-G. Nick Yao Young from Instagram. You're getting 100 bucks to Montana's. Our promo department's going to reach out to you on Instagram in the next, uh, probably in the next couple of hours here to get it all sorted out about how we can get that $100 GC into your pocket. It's Monday, half price wings. You could be eating a lot of half price wings over the next month or so with a $100 gift card. There's the lineup mm. of daily deals. Shout out to our friends at Montana's. It was a blast giving away $175 in total over the last couple of weeks. Three big things for Montana's. Number one. Tyler, let's, I got a quick question oh, for you. Okay. I got a question. Sure. And I'm putting you on the spot for this one before we dive into this. And it's about Devin Shaw. And I know I'm not going to go off on anything. I want to know how he was able to be on the roster when the Oilers had to send down Holloway and Dejane. I've honestly done no research on this. I just thought about it right now, but I thought they didn't have enough money to bring up guys. So if they did, then why did Holloway have to go down? Or do they not make the same amount of money? No, I think there is a difference in the way it's calculated against the cap. Um, I don't think it was an emergency recall either, because I know you can go no. that route at times. I think it's just because Shores may be a little bit cheaper and they they can afford it that way. Um, but okay. it does make you wonder why they don't just keep him on the roster full time when you yeah. uh, could afford him. You're right. That is a little confusing. If original poos are when you listen to this, DM me, please. Explain how this is all possible. Or Puckpedia. Hart, if you're listening, I need some help. Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, three big things for Montana's though. Off the bat, everyone's mad about the blue line. Everyone's angry at Darnell Nurse. Everyone's angry at Evan Bouchard and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I get it. They've made some not great plays. I'm looking at the on-ice numbers from the game against Colorado. And, you know, Darnell Nurse played a ton in that hockey game. But here's the bottom line. When Darnell Nurse was on the ice at 5-on-5, five five, and he was on the ice for 18 minutes, the Oilers outshot the Avalanche 20-9. to nine. I will take a defenseman who every once in a while will turn over a puck for a guy if he's also going to, when he's on the ice, outshoot the opposition 20-9. to nine. That's really, really good. I also thought Evan Bouchard, again, the one goal against it five on five aside, I thought Bouchard actually had a fine game. Tyson Berry scored a goal. Hard to complain when a guy scores a goal. The only defenseman who got outshot when he was on the ice at five on five was Philip Broberg, and it was only seven to six were the shots. I actually don't think the blue line was a problem, and I'll go a step further, and I'll rattle you off some numbers courtesy of Natural Statric. And this is so far in the month of February, okay? So over the last 20 days, the Oilers, in terms of shots against per 60, sit 19th last in the NHL. So you can, sorry, I flipped that around. That's an awkward way to phrase it. They're 14th <laughs> best in shots against per 60, Liam. They're in the top half of the NHL in terms of allowing shots. That is good. You're in the top half. Solid. And again, this is just in the month of February. So it's not like we're looking at the season as a whole. We're looking at the last 19 days when the team started to struggle. Shots against per 60, 14th in the NHL. Let's look at scoring chances against per 60 in the NHL, Liam. At five on five, the Oilers are allowing the least in the NHL over the month of February. The best number. They're better than the Canes, better than the Wild, the Flames, the Canucks. Those are the rest of the top five. Scoring chances against per 60 at five on five, according to Natural Statric, the Oilers are the best at preventing them. Liam, do you want to take a stab at where they are in terms of actual goals against per 60? I would guess very high they're not very good at that not good 10th worst in the nhl so you're in the top half of the nhl when it comes to preventing shots the best team in the nhl at preventing scoring chances at five on five 
yet you're 10th worst in goals against at five on five. We're taking penalty kill out of this because the penalty kill is atrocious. And I don't think in his prime, Dominic Hasek would be able to save how bad the penalty kill is as of late. This ties into my second big thing. You need a damn stop. Make a save. You've scored 13 goals in your last three games and you don't have a win. You scored 14 goals in your last four games. You don't have a win. At some point, I'm done with the, oh, the D-men are turning it over. Someone tweeted me yesterday and said, look at all the grade A scoring chances. They're not giving up a lot of grade A scoring chances, people. Every team is going to get grade A scoring chances in a game. Your goalie has to stop them. They paid Jack Campbell $5 million to come in here and solve the goalie issues. We were sick of the roller coaster ride that was Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith, where it was up and down, up and down. Jack Campbell's not solving that problem. I tweeted it yesterday. He seems like a great guy, a really nice dude, a good teammate. I like that. I was high on the signing. I thought, hey, if this guy can come in and be the Jack Campbell from the first half of last year, you're in a great spot. But he just looks so wildly non-competitive on so many of these goals against. I don't know, man. And even when he was on his hot streak, I had to, I had to put in a rule that I couldn't complain about the guy if he was 900 <laughs> or better. Because even in the games when he was 900 or better, he didn't look great. He's sliding mm. out of position. Maybe we need Mike McKenna on to break down this guy's game. But like, I don't... I'm being hard on him. I get it, Liam, but I don't think it's uncalled for as what uh, at all. Like this guy has to make a stop for you. You should have won with average goaltending. You should have three wins in your last three games. It's flat out unacceptable. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you, Tyler, especially the Detroit game. We spoke about already. Two of them are kind of like, ah, that was his fault. The other two weren't really. So that's what it is. But when you put up, so many goals against the Rangers and Colorado combined who are two legit Stanley Cup contenders and you can't get a save, then it's unacceptable. And I know there's a lot of people calling for Stuart Skinner right now, but I think it's important to also note Stuart Skinner might be a little bit sick. So Campbell has been kind of forced to play both these games just to kind of stop that conversation a little bit. But as soon as Skinner's healthy and ready to go again, he needs to be playing for this Oilers team because... I get it. Campbell's been very good and throughout January, and but these last three, four games, whatever it's been, have, have not been his, his finest work, and it's kind of trickling back to the start of the season. And again, you should, if you're scoring, what did they score? Is that 11 goals, 10 goals between New York and yeah. Colorado? You've got to be winning those games. Like, come on. You can't be losing 5-4 to the Detroit Red Wings. Again, No. 8 plus 5, that is 13 goals in their last three games. Make a save. And listen, everyone wants to rag on the defense. I just threw you the numbers. I get there's been some untimely turnovers mixed in there, but Jack Campbell's not facing the toughest workload. It's not like he's getting hung out to dry game after game after game. He's made some big saves. I get it. You know, I see Aaron has loaded up uh, the stop against Detroit cross crease. Yep, that's awesome. The one against New York where he slid across and his the Cheadle just fired it off his head. Sure, that's <laughs> going to make the highlight reels that that's an awesome moment or whatever. But like, they need a save. Like, come on, stop that puck. Again, even if it's deflected. I don't know. Jacob says, I hope Campbell's really sick and this is an aberration. This is the Jack Campbell we've seen all year. Even in his heater, he'd give up stinkers. 
So I don't know. Lance says, how do we fix the goaltending issue? You're you need to play Stuart Skinner. That's how you fix it. I it feels like maybe the solution here is similar to what we saw with Miko Koskinen last season, where maybe he is gonna leak one or two in like when he's in his hot streaks or whatever, but you can't extend him for too long. Like you've kind of got to put a point to where it was like, okay, he's played three of the last however many. We need to get the other goalie in now. So he can then when he gets back into the crease, he still has that momentum and confidence from the last time he was there, rather than just like well, now I've just allowed 10 goals in the last two games. I think it's got to be Stuart Skinner on Tuesday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other way to fix it. Again, you want to rag on the D. Yeah, like I don't think their defense is top half in the NHL, but I think their defense Nico is Rams- giving them better results than the scores indicate. It'll be Skinner going into the playoffs. He's the only guy who you can watch and have any sort of confidence in. And for right now, they're probably going to need Stuart Skinner to get hot just to make sure I mean, they'll probably make the playoffs anyways because Nashville's 10 points back of them. I get they have three games in hand, but like Nashville looks lost right now as a franchise. Calgary is really the only team that can pass them and kick them out of the playoffs. They're five points back with a game in hand. Like it'll be tight. It'll be a race. I think the Oilers are probably almost a little bit lucky. They don't have any more head-to-heads against Calgary because you won't give them any straight-up four-point opportunities, Mm four-point swings. Um, but they just, you need better goaltending. You've lost whatever, five games, six of your last 10. And I mean, I granted, you know, Skinner was also bad against Montreal. That is a part of this. Stuart Skinner, not yeah. good against the Habs. There was a game mixed in there though, against Philadelphia where Stuart Skinner was really, really good. They don't get a point in that game. If it's not for Stuart Skinner stopping 33 or 34 shots. When was the last time you looked at a hockey game and you were like, ah, Jack Campbell stole that one for the Edmonton Oilers. It's been a long time. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm trying to see. So against Detroit on Feb 7, he had a 9.38. He was good in that hockey game. 9.35 9.35 against Seattle on Jan 17. He was good in that hockey game. 
And I mean, he played well against some bad teams in the month of January. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of at my wits end with this, man. I just, the goaltending just needs to be better. It ha- you're not going to win a Stanley Cup if your goaltending's not better. Go back and look through every team that's won a cup in the last 20 years, right? Come on. Uh, my third big thing, Liam, <laughs> is spent a lot of time on number two there. And um, yeah. I thought we were I, still I on one. Yeah, no. Number one was that the blue line hasn't been that right. bad. Number two is that you need a save. Number three is I think I'd like to see Jay Woodcroft reward players who are playing well a little bit more. I don't love Devin Shore the way you do. I don't have those same kind of feelings. <laughs> uh, I don't love Yessa Puliarvi the way a lot of people love Yessa Puliarvi. Devin Shore on the ice last game, seven minutes and 22 seconds at five on five. Outshot the Avs 10 to four. When Puliarvi was on the ice, 804, outshot them nine to two. They were each on the ice for a goal. I would have played those guys more. I would have played Warren Fogle more. He scored two goals, played 12-25 at five on five. I think you could have upped his minutes. I think last game was one of those games where you could have taken Connor McDavid off a little bit. Leon Dreisaitl didn't have to play north of 20 minutes at five on five. I think both those guys could have played significantly less. Your depth players were rolling. Why don't you go let your depth guys try win you the game? I just felt like they could have leaned on some depth pieces a little bit better. Do you know what, too, thinking about it, because obviously Kane wasn't there. You're already so shorthanded. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. Like The pressure is almost off, I guess you could say, in a way, because nobody expected him to even grab a point, I think it's fair to say, before the puck was dropped. So why not kind of just be like, hey, these are the hot hands. Like We've got McDavid and Dreisaitl who can just rotate through there, too, if you want to just play them with those guys. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think... This is something we spoke about earlier in the season too. It's like, well, why is this guy only getting 10 minutes a night when he scored three goals in his last six or whatever it is, you know, for example. So, yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it can just be more of a reward for the player and maybe it just builds some more confidence throughout the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of the things that really, I I feel like, allowed Jay Woodcroft to turn the season around last year for the Oilers is Mm -hmm. he came in. And he gave those depth guys meaningful minutes. They had a reason to go out there and believe that they're going to contribute on a nightly basis. And I just feel like we've lost that a little bit. You know, if I could maybe give him some credit, he did keep McLeod, Fogel, and Yanmark together for the bulk of that game. And he got good results from doing it. Again, they outscored the abs two to nothing in 727 as a trio. It's a lot of minutes. In the top six, I think you're a little bit screwed just because Evander Kane wasn't there. So you needed to, you know, really rattle around the lines and all that. And maybe that's why they couldn't get any momentum. But this team's been so comfortable going with 11 forwards so, for so much of this year that it shouldn't have been an issue. Uh, Oil Town says, so how do we fix it? We all know that the defense is a problem. So how do we fix it? The defense, I don't think, is as big of a problem as the goaltending. But you can't fix the goaltending. So I suppose your only issue or the only thing you can do is get better in front of the goalie. Have the puck more, give up less shots. That means getting good D-man. That means getting some forwards. The only issue is, and I have an article going up a little bit later this afternoon at OilersNation.com about it, the trade market kind of changed over the last 48 hours. Not only is Ryan O'Reilly off the market, traded to Toronto on Friday night, the Leafs paid a very pretty penny to get the guy. They got their guy. They wanted him. They're in a position to load up. I would argue Ken Holland is in the same spot. And take a peek at the deal here. Like this is a ton to give up. And I, I, I would do it. If I was in his shoes, I would do it as well. A first, a second, a third, and a fourth gets you Ryan O'Reilly and Noel, Noel Achari. 
Two good centermen. Two guys that are going to help you win in the playoffs. They paid market value, though. Don't let Leafs fans convince you that Kyle Dubas worked some sort of masterclass and this is the trade of the century. They saw something they liked. They paid heavily for it. It's a good move by Kyle Dubas. It's not a genius GM move. Um, Ryan O'Reilly is going to make them a lot better. Ryan O'Reilly is a guy the Oilers presumably had some interest in. It's They missed out. I don't know if they would have paid that price. I don't know if they should have. What do you think, Liam? If you were in Kenny Holland's chair, would you have pulled the trigger if that was the ask? Um, I think I would have, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you get in, we spoke about it on yesterday's show too. I think Ryan O'Reilly allows you to be way more flexible with the stars in your lineup. If he's your second line center, you can move Nuge at the lineup to play with McDavid, Dreisaitl, or like whatever you want. I think it just allows you to play with it a lot more. So yeah, I think I would have. I think the prospects they gave up weren't anything special. They both could be good NHLers, but obviously the picks are where the value is at for this, for this yep. deal. And Maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe the Oilers had a similar deal. I don't know. And they, the, uh, the uh, who would they trade with? The Blues thought maybe that first round pick from Toronto could be more valuable for them down the road than what the Oilers might have to play in the playoffs. You know. Maybe. So and then also Nola Chari is just a good depth option too. I think. And then Josh Pilar. Isn't that it's just a what was it? What was the center fielder called for the Blue Jays? Kevin Pilar. Kevin Damn Pilar. It. Yeah, they did not. I was gonna him. make. I was gonna make a little joke about that, but wrong name. We'll cut that. Okay, edit that out. Uh, it's a good thing we aren't live, right? Yep. Uh, so, okay, so he's off the market. Jonathan Taves, if you missed it yesterday, put out a statement basically saying he's got the long COVID and another illness that that's really hampering him, and he's not going to be able to play, or he doesn't think he'll be able to contribute. Here, you can see the statement here. We can flash it up for everybody. Jonathan Taves, the point is, is not going to be traded. Off the market. So now two guys who you kind of viewed, or I at least kind of viewed, has top nine options to help the Oilers down the middle. I mean, how nice would it have been to have a reliable centerman who could go win a draw in that game against Colorado, right? They've been giving up goals off face-offs way too much. Both those guys are off the market. And if you look at Frank Cervalli's trade targets list, who else is there that can play center? That's kind of my concern right now, is you're now going from, you know, Ryan O'Reilly... Jonathan Taves, and I'm just scanning this thing quickly. Noel Achari was at number 18. He's off the board. Going, going, going. Your next options on Frank's trade targets list are Nick Benino and Nick Bukestad. That's the drop-off here. So you're no longer in a spot where there's a centerman out there who it makes sense to give up big assets for. You're probably giving up third or fourth round picks to get guys like Nick Benino or Nick Bukestad, which is fine. I think they can be really useful players for the Oilers. Um, but the point is you've missed out now and part of it's not your fault because of the Taves thing. Maybe he would have been a good fit here if you could have made the money work. Um, but you're the center market has really taken a hit. The D market is interesting. We're not going to do the Carlson stuff today because I just flat out don't want to. Um, but there's a couple of other interesting options there. One of which we've heard is Matthias Ekholm in Nashville. And Liam, I'm going to be honest. I think I'm starting to warm up to the idea of going in and getting Matthias Ekholm. I think this guy makes you a lot better. I think he's a calming presence in his D zone, plays with some physical bite as well. He's got some size to him. Mm -hmm. I think I think Matthias Ekholm, and we've heard that maybe Nashville, because they're on this quest to get draft picks, if they, if they do decide to sell off, which it sounds like David Poyle will, maybe they would keep some money if it means they get a first-round pick back. 
I would be all over Ekholm if they were to keep like 1.25 to one and a half million bucks. And he's a, what is he at? Sorry, 6 million, right? 6.25. So my thinking is, let me walk you through my hypothetical trade. Let's say they keep one and a half million. He's got three more years after this one. So it's quite the ask. 1.5 million brings him down to 4.75. You get them to throw in Tanner Janot at 800K as well. Bob Stoffer brought up the idea of the package deal. So I'll give him credit there. But combined, that would put you at just over 5.5 million. Pugliarvia first and Borgo. Would you do it? I, yeah, I would. I would do that. I think I, uh, the prospect thing again, I don't know how it fully works. I don't know if you would have to give up Borgo. Maybe there's other players you can give him, but I agree. You probably have to give up a reasonably good prospect, but one thing I've kind of thought about a lot since we had Frank on last week when he was talking about Carlson, he just said, is that where does Carlson make you better? I think if you bring in an Ekholm, I know we just spoke about the numbers defensively for the Oilers, but I think Ekholm just helps sustain that success that they've had. He'll help you on the penalty kill. He's been to the Stanley Cup final before, right? When Nashville went a few years ago. So he brings yep. that level of it to you as well. He has that physicality to him. And by... If I was the Oilers, I would look at what the success was through January. Take away your opponents. Mm -hmm. You bullied a lot of teams. You were able to stay physical in the game and all that kind of stuff. Jeannot and Ekholm both bring that to the lineup too. So then you had those two along with Costin, Kane, and Dehotney, hypothetically. I think that's a really Mm -hmm. positive move. One thing I do like about the deal you threw out there is nothing moves out of the blue line. I think it's very important that Oilers keep the blue line the same and just add to it because... We saw it last year where it was like, okay, the blue line's decent. Then you had Kulak and it gets to another level. I think this helps the Oilers a lot in many areas. And yeah, if Kenny Holland can figure out a way to get that and Tanner you know, I'll buy an Ekholm jersey. There you go. There you go. And someone said, why would Nashville do that? And I think Nashville is going to be going through a little bit of a retooling period here. I think it's trending in that direction. They have a lot of older, very expensive forwards. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of offset that a little bit? Give them Xavier Borgo, who has legit pedigree as a former first-round pick. Give them another first-round pick. So now they'd have two in the upcoming draft to stock up on more forwards. And they have Demon. Yossi Ekholm. They got Dante Fabro, who's a good young option. A couple other pieces there who are having decent seasons. I think their blue line, they could afford to sacrifice a Matias Ekholm for the sake of long-term getting some scorers in that organization. And someone said Nashville would probably want more. And I think so. Pooley be would have to be treated as a straight up cap dump. He doesn't provide any value in this trade, but the thinking with Nashville trading Tanner Janot is that they're apparently worried about what his arbitration case is next season or this summer. He's not having a great year, five goals in 54 games. His shooting percentage is down like 75% though. Last year, this guy popped home 20 goals. He fights one of the guys in the league who will shed the mitts with regularity. Like he will, he's not afraid to fight anyone. He's a, I'd say heavyweight. I, you'd probably have to give up more. You're right. Maybe it's a first, second Borgo and Pugliarvi. And that's enough to convince Nashville. Again, take a stab on Pugliarvi. Maybe he ends up being a goal scorer for you. You get Xavier Borgo. You get a first round pick. For the Oilers, you get a legit hard-nosed D-man and a guy who makes you tougher to play against in the bottom six. Both those guys are under team control for at least next season as well. That's a deal I'd really look at. 
Yeah. I mean, why there are two legit players who will make you yeah. better. Um, like you said, maybe you have to add a little bit more into the deal to make it more pleasing for Nashville, but we've seen Nashville be busy in the trade market before in the past when seasons haven't necessarily gone their way, I guess you could say. So I think it'd be a smart move for them to kind of evaluate where they're at. And I don't think in that division they're going to be getting, it's not getting easier, right? So yeah, I don't think it's out of the question. I think maybe it's difficult, but it's easier than a Carlson deal to say the least. Let me hit you with another Yaremchuk armchair GM hypothetical. And this one's kind of the exact reverse of, uh, of the Nashville one. For Nashville, you're going big on D and then getting a decent forward. Flip that. Go big on forward and just get a decent D man. Go get Adam Henrique from Anaheim. This guy's mm-hmm. under team control for next year. 5.8 million. If you could convince Anaheim to keep 50% of Adam Henrique's contract, that would bring him down to like 2.9 million just under it. That'd be a good price for a guy for a year and a half. He's scoring at nearly a 30 goal pace this year, playing on a team that's garbage while putting up good defensive metrics. Man, I'd be all over Adam Henrique and you want to get a D man in the deal? Go get Dmitry Kulikov. If they retain yeah. half on each of them, again, you'll pay. You got to pay when teams retain money. But if they retain half on each, you only need like four points something going out the door here. Now, sorry, Anaheim has reportedly had interest in Yessa Pugliarvi throughout the season. Pugliarvi, a first. Henrik, Kulikov, you got to find a way to move on from some other cap. Maybe it's Warren Fogel. Um, but I'd be interested in the Henrik Kulikov duo. Again, it's not the sexiest names. Not as sexy as going and getting Matthias Ekholm because I think his name carries a little bit more weight. But I think those are two guys who would actually really help you win this year. And Henrik's around for next year as well. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like those deals too, especially the Kulikov and the familiarity of being around here already. Like he was he was decent when he was here, right? And Henrik's been around for a while now. I think one thing's important when we talk about all these trades is like, yes, I think we all want the best players in Edmonton. Like who wouldn't want to see Timo Meyer running around Rogers' place? But it's important too that the Oilers just make upgrades to their roster. And if Henrik and Kulikov are those pieces, then that can help them get over the line. That's not a negative thing at all. And but yeah, I think I would kind of pay that price. The Henrik one is is interesting. He's a guy who came into the league and was like solid for years and then kind of faded yeah. away a little bit, probably because he was in Anaheim and now he's back to what he kind of has been. So yeah, I like that deal. And he's obviously a poor man's Ryan O'Reilly, I guess you could say. But again, he helps you with that flexibility and the sentiment are going to help do that with the amount of sentiment the others have who can play all over the lineup. Our guy Rusty in the chat cannot believe what he's seeing. Why are people talking about a buyout for Jack Campbell? We're trying to move Barrier Bouchard. What's wrong with all of you, says Rusty. And he says, this has got to be the most irrational and reactionary fan base in all of sports. Um, it's probably not. It's just a diehard oh. fan base and you get these. Um, I get the frustration. I do like, we're not talking buyout for Jack Campbell. We're not talking trading Jack Campbell because you can't do that. Although I did have the thought the other day and it's totally not realistic, but you need to make money work in a Carlson deal. Swapping Campbell for Reimer goes a long way in doing that. I don't think San Jose would want Campbell. I don't see why. They just got rid of Martin Jones who and bought him out. I think they saw a dead cap from Martin Jones on their books. I don't think they'd have any interest in Jack Campbell. But that would be how you make the money work, right? As you swap Reimer for Campbell. I mean, Reimer. I, I like Reimer. I think we've called his name in a few times now. So, yeah. But like you said, I don't think there's any chance. <laughs> Let's move on from Jack Campbell. You said it on Real Life the other day. You basically just buck your ticket to never get a half-decent free agent in this city again. 
which has been yeah. very difficult for the Oilers to do for the past 10 years or whatever anyway. So not a good idea. Yep. Another potential idea comes out of St. Louis where they're in full-on sell-off mode. They've gotten a ton of assets recently. Um, they now have three first-round picks. I would imagine they're looking for more. And there's rumors about Colton Pareko apparently being available in Nash or out of St. Louis. Worth noting, no trade clause, right? Mm-hmm. That's... I, I think he would probably, if it got that far, be interested in coming to Edmonton. But this guy is in year one of an eight-year deal that pays him $6.5 million. It's going to bring him to his age 37 season. He's not had a good year. At age 29, I think you're maybe getting to the point where you'd wonder, you know, a like big D-men like that typically don't age well. And I know some of you might be like, but you just said you like Ekholm at age 32. But Ekholm, at least for the last couple of seasons, has been good. And this year has been good. Pareko's kind of slipped a little bit. And I, I love the story of it. I love what he would bring in terms of his size. He's a St. Albert boy. You know, I love that. But, <laughs> man, I just think getting $6.5 million on the books, at least with Ekholm, there's a shot Nashville retains because it's three more years. But if they're heading into a mini retool and they really want picks, maybe they'd be open to it. There's no shot St. Louis is keeping money on an eight-year deal for Colton Pareko. So are you paying that guy $6.5 bucks? How are you going to fit $6.5 million of Colton Pareko into your cap? And right now, in this moment, I don't think he's as good as Matias Ekholm. So I would go get Ekholm. He's cheaper. They might retain. He might even cost less. I would, And mm-hmm. his contract ends quicker. It's a nice sweet spot where you'd get him for a handful of years and that's it. Committing to age through age 37 for Pareko would scare me. Yeah. Um, I think I'm out on Pareko too. I think yeah. the last few years he would have been awesome, but to have him for eight more years, uh, he, I don't know. I don't know if the others need to lock themselves up for that long. And yeah, it'd be a good story to bring the local kid home, but seems like we've already had multiple opportunities to do it and just not wanted to. So I, I don't see that one happening. And plus, like you said, like they're not going to retain, but if they do, no. maybe they won't. <laughs> Can you imagine a GM again? Like we're we're talking about Carlson for four more years and how unlikely it is that they would keep money. Can you imagine being a GM going to your owner, being like, "Hey, listen, I signed this guy for eight years over the summer. Uh, I want to retain it and have him play somewhere else." That'd be insane. Gorgeous George yeah. says, "Okay, fine, Tyler. You've convinced me on Ekholm. Ekholm is way more realistic than Carlson." it's way more likely he ends up here than EK does. Again, maybe into the summer is when a Carlson deal could happen, but I like the idea of Ekholm. He could even play both sides. I think he's fine on his offside. I think Ekholm could be a really interesting fit for this team. I like the idea of Adam Henrique. There's still a couple players on the market that should really intrigue the Edmonton Oilers. And also, you never know how things are going to break. There's still 10 days till the deadline. You never Mm. know which GM is just going to be sitting there and be like, no, I'm pulling the pin on this thing. I want to get my picks. Washington, I think, is absolutely a team to watch in that regard. A guy like Dmitry Orlov could probably net them a first-round pick if they agreed to keep money. I would be in on Dmitry Orlov as an Edmonton Oiler. I Me think too. he'd help this blue line. I think uh, we spoke about it the other week, but that Washington yeah. blue line, uh, all unsigned for next season. So, yeah, definitely... Yeah. If you always want a defenseman and Washington kind of fall out a bit more, then I think that's the place to go shopping. 
The Capitals have eight D-men on their active roster. They are all UFAs or RFAs at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not sure if there's really anyone else on that Caps roster who I'd be interested in from a forward perspective. Like maybe if they kept a chunk of Lars Eller, I I would take a peek. I'll be honest. I don't really know enough about how Lars Eller has been playing this year, but he's got some decent size. He only has seven goals, 3.5 probably pass on that um, unless he came super, super cheap. But yeah, I, I think there's some teams out there who are still in like a weird zone where they don't know if they're selling or standing pat. I don't think any of them are buying, but we'll see. It's still a lot going on. It's going to be a busy week here and we're leading up to trade deadline and that is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we keep moving along, got to give some love to our friends at Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca, Edmonton's top new home plumbing installer for the last 20 years. Find out more about why they're number one. Oh, is that a new Star Mechanical board we got? Look at that. Ooh. Over 50 wow. plumbers and gas fitters on staff. Over 35 of the people you see in that photo are Red Seal journeymen, I think. Well, I know 35 of the people on their staff are Red Seal journeymen. I just assume that's them in the photo there. 24-7 emergency service, all the good stuff, starmechanical.ca. Wise Kyle says, if you want to go big in Washington, John Carlson. I think there is a chance John Carlson doesn't play hockey again this season. So Mm. don't go get that guy, right? (laughs) Probably won't help you. How about uh, Patrick Kane last night? Bag the hat trick and what the could be his final game this season in Chicago. Do you okay? Here's my question about Kane. Like, we obviously know the others have interest, whatever. Do you think there's a chance he goes back next season to Chicago, resigns? I don't, I don't think, think it's out, out, of, the out of the question, but yeah, I also I think, think there's, there's some. Just... Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think once you have an emotional goodbye like he's going to have, I think it's mm-hmm. hard to go back. Like, I I honestly feel like he ends up in Buffalo this summer just because the culture they're building there. They want guys who are going to help who who are going to help them win, but also want to be Buffalo Sabres. And that can be tough to find, you know, but they got Alex Tuck there. He's a Buffalo guy. Patty Kane's a Buffalo guy. You want to get a running mate for Dylan Cousins on that second line for the next three, four years. Go give Patty Kane money. You got cap space if you're Buffalo, you know? Yeah. Would you rather have uh, a package of Patrick Kane and Sam Lafferty or Ekholm and Tanner Janot? Ekholm and Janot because you get control of both guys. Mm. It might cost yeah, you the same. Cool. Like you might need to go first, yeah. second, third, and Borgo to get that deal done and Pugliarvi. Like it would be a monster deal. The ask is probably a little more than to just get Kane and Lafferty. Although I think the Kane Lafferty duo is probably super comparable to the O'Reilly thing, right? It'll be a first, a second, a third, and then it'll probably be whatever. But the difference is, I guess that if Patrick Kane tells Chicago, because again, we heard he liked Toronto, potentially he liked the New York Rangers. Neither of them stepped up. If he goes to Chicago and is like, I'm only going to Edmonton. Maybe that changes it, right? Maybe it's not quite as expensive as we think it'll be. Here was uh, Frank's proposed trade to get Patrick Kane to Edmonton. Or go Pugliarvi a second and a fifth. It's a lot. It's a steep price to pay. It's, I won't say more than what they gave up to get Ryan O'Reilly in Toronto, but close. They got Mm -hmm. a Chari too. So yeah, I would almost say this is more. Because again, Borgo's a high-end prospect. He's legit. 
Uh, original Puzar had an interesting comment in the chat, Liam, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. How about what's going on down go. in Bakersfield? Raph Lavoie, wow. four goals. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, is he Maybe there's a piece down a, there. You, yeah. Yeah, coming an asset for maybe even the Oilers themselves if they don't get rid of him. Is he finally coming out of his shell? Like, he's an interesting prospect because he's a guy when they drafted him, I think everyone was like, oh, nice. We got this guy in the second round. And and then he's, he struggled with injuries and just finding any form of consistency. But right now, he's obviously healthy, hitting his stride. Like, he's an interesting one. Maybe maybe it's time to cash in on, on what he could possibly be with trading him away. For Maybe you can put him in this Patrick Kane deal instead of a, a Borgo, right? Whose upside is probably yeah. a little bit higher than what a love wise. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe if you are you are including a Borgo, you get that second asset, right? Maybe you get a Domi, mm-hmm. maybe you get a Lafferty or something along those lines, but it doesn't help your blue line which is concerning because I do still think they need a piece here. Uh, Eric is in and says, what about Scott Mayfield from the New York Islanders? I love that name. I love how cheap he is. If they were willing to keep half, I'd give up a good amount to get a guy like Scott Mayfield here because I think he calms down your blue line, which is something they need. Um, Yeah, I I like Scott Mayfield. That's a good suggestion. Uh, Davin says, you know, it's serious when Tyler starts stroking his chin. Yes, my playoff (laughs) or my deadline beard coming in which I will get rid of as soon as the show ends. Uh, Raph Lavoie, Blake says, six foot four, right shot. I mean, hey, if you, if you got a cap dump Pugliarvi, maybe you want to test drive him, test drive Lavoie up here for a couple of weeks. I don't think it's like the craziest thing. He's scoring a ton. I think one thing that is very interesting with the Oilers this past couple of seasons is how ready these guys are when they come into the lineup. Like a lot of them can make an impact almost right away when they come in from Bakersfield. And I'm not saying scoring goals every night, but just have like some positive impact. I think when Hamlin came here, he was, he, he was good. Dejane, we've obviously seen Broberg when he's been up and down has been good. So I feel like this organization has a good, a good meter on knowing when players are ready to come up. And I think when Lavoie does come up, he'll, he'll be ready to go if he gets here. But like you said, six foot four, right shot. I mean, oh, maybe you want to keep him. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Sean in Calgary says Mayfield isn't much of an upgrade on Deharnay. He's more experienced. He's a vet and he gives you depth. You're going to need more pieces on this blue line if you want to get through a long playoff run. So that's why I bring up a name like Scott Mayfield. or That's why I'm giving time to the idea of getting a guy like Scott Mayfield. Clay says, I would argue Holloway wasn't ready. Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe. Holloway so- was ready and then lost momentum. I think yeah, that's fair think to so. say. I think as soon like he just got a hat trick in preseason, and then one of his first shifts in the league, he posted on the tape of whoever that was of Vancouver, and they scored. Right, I think just all of a sudden Holloway went from like speed train right down the tracks, nothing could stop him. Then he hit a mountain, and it was like, yeah. oh no, this is the NHL. So I think Holloway was ready, but in not maybe the way we wanted him to be ready. If that makes sense. Someone asked if we can trade Ken Holland for Brad Tree Living. Do you want eight years of Jonathan Huberto? Oh. I mean, the grass is always greener with stuff like this. Every fan base has reasons to dislike their GM, right? Like, that's just the way this stuff works. Uh, someone, uh, where was an interesting one up here? Uh, someone was talking about why would you trade Raph Lavoie? He's trending up. You trade players when they're at their highest value. If you as an organization are not sold on Raphael Lavoie, and someone pointed out this is his third AHL season, 
if you're not sold on Raph Lavoie and you look at that guy and go, I don't know if he's ever going to be a full-time NHLer for us and some team values him at that, you make that move. I think so too. Yeah, I think, but I also think Ken Holland has a really good record of being patient with these guys. That was a whole thing in Detroit. Like, I don't think he just wants to give up on prospects so easily. And if he did, I think we would have seen that for the last like two or three seasons. Yeah, that's fair. The other side is when you look down in that system right now, Tyler Tulio is looking awesome. That could Mm -hmm. end up being just—I think he scored three goals last night too. Um, Tyler Tulio could end up being a really damn good hockey player. You've got a guy like Matt Vay Petrov who's still ripping up the Ontario Hockey League. Noah Philp is starting to take some strides as a pro. Maybe we need to have a Bakersfield chat soon. Then you got Holloway, Borgo, yeah. and Schaefer, all his former first round picks. I think like if you were to sacrifice one of those pieces, it's not like you're totally barren. Like you have a little mm-hmm. bit of I, I think you have more depth in this system than people want to give the Oilers credit for. And the yeah. other thing is you're in win now mode. You know, Dreisaitl's got two more years. McDavid's got three. Hyman's long-term. Nuge is long-term. Kane is long-ish term. That's five players that you have signed. Here's a great Mm. photo. Aaron, flash this up. Of Tulio and Lavoie after their big game yesterday. Seven goals between the two of them. And I like the cowboy hat on Raph Lavoie. Point I'm making, you already have five pieces of your top six or top nine locked in. Actually, if you want to talk top nine, Ryan McLeod's locked in there. I would assume they're going to sign Clem Costin. Yamamoto's around for at least next year. At least he's under contract. Like for next season, you have eight pieces of your top nine more or less set in. You can afford to give up a prospect because at the end of the day, they're not all going to hit. And I understand that. But at mm-hmm. some point, there's not a spot for these guys to take. Again, Schaefer, Borgo, Holloway. You can include Carter Savoy in this conversation. Lavoie, mm-hmm. Phil, Tulio, Petrov. I know Phil probably projects more as like a fourth line kind of depth forward. But the point is you got a lot of forwards that are doing some interesting stuff outside of Edmonton right now. You can probably sacrifice one of those and still feel pretty confident about the future of your forward group and having young guys step in for cheap. Yeah, I I like uh, those points, Tyler. And like you said, sometimes you just get too busy down there and it's like, okay, well, we should just probably move this guy out to benefit both parties in the sense of like yeah. do the player a good service and also your team at hitting the value. I think one thing that's interesting the Oilers have done in the draft with their first round picks specifically in the last couple of years is they've drafted older guys like Schaefer and Borgo were both late birthdays. So they just missed a draft from their first draft class together. So what that kind of means is like they're probably more mature when they actually get to the NHL rather than these 18 year old kids who come from there and like they draft Europeans a lot more because they can stay overseas. So it's a, it's a strategy from Holland, which I think is now become very apparent now. Yeah. Like these guys, maybe he wants to keep them around because of the, the, the cost obviously, and just the maturity of the players themselves too. So I'm, I'm interested to see actually what he'll do with the prospects. Cause yeah, eventually you just got to kind of move on from some who maybe aren't going to be around forever. If you head to nationgear.ca, there's a bunch of great stuff going on there. We have two more spots on our trip to Toronto. So if you go to nationgear.ca, Oilers Nation, then travel, you can find out how you can get involved in that. Two more spots. We're watching Edmonton, Toronto on a Saturday night at Scotiabank Center from a gondola suite. Going to be awesome. I know, uh, I think it was Bearded Brad kicking around in the chat. I don't know if I saw him in there or not, but he's going to be there. It's going to be a good time is the point. Uh, Also, it is our birthday party coming up. 
The Nation Network is turning 15. Wow. Right? Yeah, we're turning 15, right? I'm not wrong about that. Yeah, March 18th, Pint Downtown. Tickets are $20.07, 2007. Get it? All in support of free play for kids. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be swag bags. Your ticket gets you a limited edition shirt that you can't get anywhere else. We are almost sold out of our nation vacation for AMA travel. And you know this birthday party at the Pine is going to sell out very, very fast. Head to nationgear.ca and get it all ready. Get all your stuff. Load up. Come party with us. It's an afternoon game against the Kraken. A couple beers while the sun's still up. Nothing wrong with that, Liam. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. You'll be there. We might even be giving you some beers. Maybe. Yeah, we need to take our class or whatever if we're going to do that. But we might do that. We might be slinging the drinks behind the bar. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Uh, All right. Let's get to our Betway picks for the day, Liam. All right. What do you like? What do I like? Well, there's actually some games going on right now, which I wasn't fully aware of. I actually thought Family Day was just a uh, Canadian holiday, but I guess not. I guess it's a, a North American one, I would assume. I don't know. I'm new. It's called something so, else in the States. Is it? Okay. Well, happy Family Day, everybody. Welcome to the... This is our Oilers Nation Everyday family, so thanks for watching. But anyway, my bets. Aaron, let's throw them up. The most accurate shooter in the NHL, Brock Nelson. Over <laughs> three and a half. He's hit this. I believe in four of his last six. So plus 120 seems good. I know three and a half maybe is not always the most appetizing deal, but he's hit it pretty well and pretty often. And Artemi Panarin dropped off a little bit the last couple of games, but he's still grabbing points in both. But since uh, Tarasenko's been there, that man has just been lighting up the stat sheet. So Tarasenko, uh, sorry, Panarin, uh, two plus points at plus 187 against the Jets. I just like the odds of him doing that again. Not even about the opponent, just the fact of who Panarin is and what he's been doing recently for me. I like that. I uh, My pick tonight, is, or today, because it starts at 2 o'clock if you want to get in on it. I think the Seattle Kraken, I listen, I know we're rooting against them because we're Oilers fans, but the Kraken on the puck line at plus 155 is very good value. And Michael mm. Isamont of the Sharks has been crushing his shot prop as of late. Timo Meyer's out of the lineup, so he gets a little bit more offensive ice time now. It's a really good spot. It's set at two and a half and it pays out plus money. So I'm all over that Isamont prop as well for the San Jose Sharks. Um, yeah, those are my bets for today. Shout out to our friends at Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, Steven says, quick question for you guys. Would you want to see the Oilers? What, or what do you want to see for the Oilers for our stadium series Heritage Classic? I reported actually on what this is going to look like a while ago. Um, maybe we can have a picture for you guys on the next episode. We're not going to pull it up now. Uh, Cam in a pizzeria says it's President's Day in the U.S. So there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, Rusty says that as well. Rusty's down in the happy States. President's so happy Day. President's Day to all of our listeners south of the border. Happy Family Day to everyone in Edmonton or Alberta. Uh, Dr. Carpi, am I the only one who still likes Carson Susie? I like Carson Susie. I just think the Kraken are going to ask for a lot if they're trading him in division during a playoff race. But it's not out of the question that they move him. Uh, Michael Teixeira says, I'd pull Yamo for Josh Anderson and picks and prospects. I think Josh Anderson is not good. Um, his contract is long. He is wildly inconsistent and he gets hurt all the time. So listen, don't fall in love with a guy just because of his size. He needs to be consistent. He needs to do more. Josh Anderson is not that guy. I don't, I don't want to touch him. Um, oh, there you go. Hey, Aaron, you can flash this up. This is what I believe the Oilers Heritage Classic is going to look like. Um, so instead of the maple leaf, that's going to be an oil drop. 
It's going to say Edmonton Oilers. It's going to be blue and orange. It's going to have the felt lettering. It's going to be something along these lines here. Um, yeah, it's an ode to the Edmonton Mercuries, which went to the Olympics, as you can see on the jersey in 1952. So a neat little throwback. And the Flames are going to have something inspired by the old Calgary Stampeders hockey team with some other team tied in there. I don't know all the details for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's what the Oilers are rocking at the, uh, at the Heritage Classic next fall. Um, all right. It. Yeah, I think it's neat. Mm-hmm. I like that they're going a little bit different. We talked about this before. Me too. Me too. When's a, do we have a day for Frank this week yet? I know that's what pe- people are here for the trade talk. So when's Frank here? Yeah, it uh, should be Wednesday. Should be Wednesday. Okay. Perfect. Um, all righty. I think that's going to be a wrap on today's show. Shout out to Montana's and Star Mechanical and Betway. And tomorrow is a short for giant game day show as well, Liam. So Jay's going to be around. We'll argue about some trade talk and all of that. Uh, That is a wrap, though, for today. Enjoy the long weekend Monday, everybody. We'll chat again tomorrow.